In Nehemiah chapter 1, I'm just going to read from verse 11. This is the opening scripture of Nehemiah, the opening chapter. And we read that he was struck with the condition of his people. And he prayed to the Lord that the Lord would give him favor in the king's eye. And at the conclusion of his prayer, this is what he said, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant, this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was the king's cupbearer. I want you to say that with me. I am the king's cupbearer. Tonight I want to talk to you about the cup of the Lord. Say that with me. The cup of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your spirit. I pray that you, O oh God, would help me to communicate the spirit and the words I felt and heard this morning, even before it was yet five o'clock this morning. I pray that it would not just simply be a sermon or an idea or a thought, but I pray that it would be a word that goes beyond our ears, but Lord, it would be a word that sinks deep into our heart. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. The cup. Of the Lord. I need to borrow one of y'all's cups. Amen. The cup of the Lord. The cup of the Lord. I want you to picture in my mind Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a slave in a foreign land. He was the recipient of the judgment of God upon his people because of their whoredoms and worshiping other gods. God had promised them. If you worship other gods, I will judge you. And generation after generation, they, they worship Jehovah. No doubt they worship Jehovah. But their worship was impure because in addition to worshiping Jehovah, they worshiped the host of heaven. They bowed down before golden idols. They even sacrificed their children to demon gods, to the beat of the drum, to... The, the applause of the crowd, they danced and they gave themselves to hedonism and absolute inhumanity, all in the worship of self and doing what they wanted to do. Much like our world today that wears crosses around their necks and the name of Jesus is never far from their mouth, but their life is sold to serving the demon gods that are gratified by those that pursue the lust of the flesh. And I want to tell you today that God has given every one of us a cup. And we decide in whom's cup we will hold. Because it's not one or four, it's one. You're either going to serve the cup of the Lord or you're going to serve the cup of demons. You're either going to go to heaven or you will go to hell. There is no purgatory and there is no earth, good earth, new earth for those who don't obey the gospel. It's heaven or hell. 
Somebody say it's heaven or hell. And it really boils down to whose cup do you become and whose cup do you bear? Can I tell you that frustration is a hindrance? You can get frustrated with your parents, but you still need to do right toward your parents. You can get frustrated with your kids, but you still need to do right toward your kids. You can be frustrated with your employer, but you still need to do right toward your employer. You can get frustrated with your employees, but you still need to do right toward your employees. We must never forget the wickedness of another does not permit us to do wrong. Someone stealing from you does not give you the right to steal from them. Cussing, cursing, slandering. That is not a golden ticket to do what you want to do to the other. Jesus said, somebody said Jesus said. Does it matter that Jesus said it? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43, You have heard it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies and bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Oh, that's hard, Jesus. Jesus, are you crazy? Why in the world would you tell me to do something like that? Jesus made some uh, hard sayings. I tell people when they begin to live for God, and some of you I've just begun to walk with and and, and see in your faith. I, I don't know your history. I don't know all the things you've been through. But if you want to successfully live for God, you need to begin to read every month Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The Sermon on the Mount is the gospel and how to live a life that pleases Jesus. And He has many sayings like these that are counter to our human nature, but they are the key to living a life of peace and joy and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said, don't do like you've always heard, to love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Jesus said, love. Love who? Love your enemies. Bless them that... Do good to them that... And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. What does that qualify you for? Look what he says in verse 45. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For He maketh the sun to rise on the evil and the good. And sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Can I tell you the implication of verse 45? If you don't love your enemy and pray for your enemy and bless those that curse you, you're not the children of your Father in heaven. You are the children of your Father in... Oh, that's tough, preacher. Jesus, Jesus did not for no reason challenge His disciples... And told them, if you want to be my disciple, you must first deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and 
follow me. That's no easy road. It's a narrow road. It's a straight gate. And few are even going to try. Some people are going to try and say, this is just too hard. I can't pray for those that are a jerk to me. I can't do good to those that wrong me. Jesus, this is unreasonable. But Jesus demonstrated to us he really believed what he preached. Because he lived it and he died in it. And even the last words Jesus said in prayer as a man. He said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. What's that mean? Many times when we receive wrong at the hands of other people, they're not really doing it to you. It's, it's, it's a sign of their own inner turmoil. It is a proof and a fruit of their own inner... Uh, y'all picking up my lane now? Hurt people. Hurt people. We talked about this in one of our midweek lessons that we did for our live stream. Brother Ryan made mention that 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 he had went out to eat at a restaurant one day after service, and the waitress gave horrible service. She was not friendly. The food was not timely. The drinks were not filled up. And, and he said we had every right to complain. But for whatever reason, I guess I wasn't there. They, they just let it go. And they found out towards the end of the eating that this lady had just lost. Who had died? Her best friend. Her best friend had died that day. Drowned in a river. And I say that to say sometimes you... Take everything personal when it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with what they're going through. And we have to lift ourselves up from the low path of living and see people through a perspective we could never see on our own, but to look at them through the eyes of Jesus and say, they're having a bad day. Lord, help them. Have mercy on them. And be their advocate instead of another voice of Criticism. Everybody say, oh, that hurts. You know, it's a good thing that God does not require us to be perfect in the things we preach to be able to preach them or no one would ever be able to preach anything because there is no one that, that makes 100% on the things that Scripture says. Right? If we can only preach things that we were, were perfect at, What could you preach? What would we have to preach? Nothing. Because we have all sinned and come short of the... What an understatement. I've come more than just short of the glory of God. I've come come 10,000 miles from the glory of God. But here is the goal. Out in front of me and out in front of you... Bless those that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Why? So that you can be called the children of your Father. Amen. The cup. The cup. I don't really remember the thought process that started this message tonight. I know I just woke up about 4.30 in the morning and I knew I had to get up. And I'm not a late sleeper anyway these days. 
during COVID, I, I, I get up earlier now than I did pre-COVID. And uh, so I knew I'd better get up. The Lord had something for me to hear. And so as I was listening to my scripture reading for the day and, and meditating and like, Lord, what do you want to say to me? I, I had a thought that you don't dip your cup in the muck. You don't, you don't take your glass and dip up the dregs in the muddy gutter. You don't put refuse in your cup. There's some things you never put in your cup because you drink out of your cup. Anybody got a favorite cup? I mean, it, it, if it's clean and, and, and you haven't drink, you might, I, I have a habit of drinking out of mine until my wife kidnaps it and puts it in the washer because I'll drink out of it. Ain't no telling what kind of a immunity I have built up for the things I have drank from my favorite cup. But I wouldn't purposely take my favorite cup and put junk in it. And sadly, sometimes people don't realize that the things they take in their ears, oh, nobody else can hear it. It's just my iPods, my AirPods, it's just my headphones, it's just my Bose. They would never, if they understood the defilement that they put in their heart, they wouldn't put in their cup the stuff they put in their heart. They wouldn't put in their cup the things they put in their ears. They wouldn't put in their cup a glass cup, a seeable cup, a thing everyone could see everywhere they went if, if they knew it was really something they were going to drink out of. But if we'll be honest, there's been too many times we have separated and divorced from ourselves that which we consume. <coughs> and the end is our cup has been in the muck. And we wonder why we have such a bad taste in our mouth. Everybody said the cup of the Lord. These conscious choices that that we make will in time come to you. The scripture says, God is not mocked. Say that with me. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, you shall reap Corruption, if you sow to the Spirit, you shall reap life everlasting. But the challenge is so oftentimes we sow stickers, <laughs> we sow weeds, we sow trouble, we sow flesh, and because judgment is not visited on it rapidly, our hearts are hardened. So when the harvest of trouble starts coming in, we don't connect what we're experiencing to the stuff we've been sowing. Oh, we just had a bad day. The devil's after me. That ain't the devil. It's harvest time. And any of us that have lived very long and we have had seasons of lack of wisdom, we have reaped a bountiful harvest of things we would never order on Amazon. How many like Amazon? I hate it and love it. 
I hate what it does to our country. I hate what it does to our businesses, but I love Amazon. (laughs) I almost feel like I should repent right now. But whatever I sow, so much that we sow is not something that is seen. In fact, seed that is sown is hidden. I actually bought some flower seeds and like almost every year, Sister Cherie, they're still in my truck. I thought, well, we're planting these flowers. I'll get some of these seeds. And while we're planting the flowers, we'll sow the seeds. I got the flowers out and I left the seeds in the truck. I do it every year. You know, one thing about good seeds, if you don't sow them, they don't come up. Right? And just like doing good deeds, it's like good seeds. If you don't sow them, you don't reap them. And I think it's important for us to recognize many of the seeds God would have us to sow are done in the secret times of our life. Maybe the early morning or the late at night or the middle of the night. Maybe it's while we're driving down the road or we're looking at our phone and we are responding to the gentle nudges of the Lord. It could just be the Lord says call so and so or text so and so. And if we're not careful, we will get such in a habit of bypassing the gentle nudges of the Lord. Lord, it would seem the Lord quits calling on us. He's not going to answer. He hadn't answered the last 50 times. Don't you think sometimes people quit calling because people... You ever have somebody in your life that don't ever answer the phone? Huh? Oh, I know. It's internet or whatever. Still, if your phone rings and if it's me, please answer the phone. Make me feel good. Make me feel blessed. But you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I think the reason why we miss a voice from God from us is because the last time He called, we didn't answer. Right? I've noticed uh, Facebook has this deal that if you log on, it tells you if someone's on Facebook because it shows they're active. Y'all notice that? How many more opportunities of ministry God would give us if the Lord pulled up God book and He saw down there in the bottom, oh, oh, Becky Phillips, she's she's praying. Right? She's reading the Word. Sandy Phillips. And what I'm saying to you, it's it's really easy to be active on Facebook. I mean, it requires... Very little effort. You know, I have, I, I, I got a special unspoken, I'm going to tell it to you, but I'm just special unspoken prayer request. I have a problem. It's, it's terrible. In the middle of the night, if I wake up and want to look at my Facebook, I can't read it. I need my glasses. It's too much trouble. So I don't look at it. Anybody else have that problem? Right? But you know one thing good about God? I don't need my glasses to tag into Him. I just need to close my eyes. Somebody say the cup of the Lord. Amen. God is not mocked. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 20. It says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied with the... What's it say? With the fruit of his mouth. So the things you say will fill your gut. 
From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the... And those who love it will eat its fruit. You know one way that we serve the cup of the Lord is what comes out between your teeth. Facilitated with your tongue that's in the middle. Comes out of your throat. From your heart. It's one of the things that we not just drink from the cup, we put in the cup. Amen. I want us to stop here for a minute. Can we just can you take your hand? I guess it's wrong to put you. Maybe just make it close to your mouth. It, Lord Jesus, help me. Put a watch upon my mouth. In the name of Jesus, Lord, help me to quit speaking death and help me to speak life. Forgive me, Lord Jesus, for not putting more thoughtful consideration in the stuff that I let come out of my mouth, Lord. Everybody say the cup of the Lord. Nehemiah. Nehemiah, though he was a slave from his homeland because the judgment of God had put him there, he had favor in the eyes of the king. The Bible says that the king looked at Nehemiah the next day and he said, why is it that your countenance fallen? He saw Nehemiah, he was, he was moping around. You know what that says to me? That wasn't his normal state of being. Normally, Nehemiah was a man walking in the favor of God. He had reached the point where he was holding the Lord's cup. But on a day came, he was in a, a sad mood. Can I tell you, people will pay attention to you if you're not in a bad mood every day. If you're having a, a sad day one day, people will pay attention. But if you're complaining all the time, well, that's just the way they are. Woo, I am plowing some fields today. Y'all may want to take this tape, share this video. You have somebody in your life that needs to hear this. Come on, somebody. And, and the king said, well, what can I do for you? And the Bible says that the man that held the king's cup, he served the king honorably. He was a joy to his king. When he asked a favor, he said, King, will, will you let me go see the state of my people? The king said, Go. And when Nehemiah came back to the king, he told the king, said, King, can I go back and can I build up the walls of my people? And the king said, Go, and I'll give you letters, and I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay for the, the, the money it takes. I'm going to give you the wood it takes. I'm going to give you everything you need. And the Bible tells us that Nehemiah, God used to build up and restore the, the, the people of Jerusalem and to build the, the wall of Jerusalem. But how did it happen? Because he held the king's cup in such a way when the day came, he was able to ask and receive from the king because he had something that he had, he had ministered to. He gave him access and gave him authority to be used as a man of God to his people. But it's because he, he held the cup in honor. He held the cup 
in sanctification. And I'm telling you today, if you will take upon yourself and walk in wisdom of the responsibility God has given us access to, if you'll carry the King's cup, a day will come and the Lord will be in that place of communion with you and that the Lord will say, ask what you will. And it shall be done. Come on, somebody. We all have an opportunity. Somebody can help me stop. Because I'm only like on eight. <laughs> Three out of eight. It gets better. Amen. I, I, I know the Word of God is meaningful and is edifying to everybody. But I do believe I have a word from the Lord for a few here today. That maybe those of you that have come, come up here. Come up here. Just, just come up here and stand up here. I want to suggest to you that it doesn't matter where your cup has been. what you put in the cup in the past. I have a word from the Lord for you today. If you'll hold the King's cup in honor. If you'll hold the King's cup. I got another word. Brother, you're really good at the word. Yeah, give me a word. Oh, here you go. I knew you had one. Faithfulness. If you'll hold the King's cup.